chapters. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul uh, is talking to the church of Corinth. Uh, he's talking, talking to those that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. He recognized the Corinthians uh, uh, believers were chosen by God, set it apart for a holy purpose. And I believe this church has been called by God, set apart for a holy purpose in itself. Uh, we as members of a church, we are called to be saints, to live a transformed life that reflects the image of Christ, though it's through the saints that the church grows, it's for their example and their testimony that draws others to faith. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, though he will of God, Sosthenes of our brother, unto the church of God, which is Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place called upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as a testimony of Christ which conformed, confirmed in you, so that you come before, uh, behind in no gifts waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. Thank you for your mercy and grace and love. Father, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're about to do. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for each one that's in this church, each member in this church, each one that attends this church, Father. And, Lord, we just pray you'll be with them and bless them as only you can. Help us to be what we need to be. And, Father, we'll just thank you in the only things we do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Paul introduces himself. Then he says he, he calls to the saints. There's a call to the saints. I believe there's a call today that God has called each and every one of us. As we say that we're a, 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 a Christ, we're a Christian, God has called each and every one of us to do certain things uh, to help Christ's cause in this world today. We are called to be saints of God in a lost and dying world today. Amen? And I'm saying there, there's those people that says uh, that they are Christians, but yet their lives are not living what they should be living. Uh, they're not acting the way they should be acting. Uh, they're not talking the way they should be talking. And they're having a problem being called a Christian. And that gives a Christian a black eye today. Amen. There's a call to the saints. Paul calls the saints and says, hey, we've got to come together. We've got to get together because it's not just me. It's not just you. But it's us that bind together in the house of God that makes up the assembly. Amen. So I want you to think just for a while, just for a moment. When I finish, I'm going to ask this question. And I'd love to hear the answer that you have on your heart. What does it mean to you to be a member of Reesville Free Will Baptist Church? Let me say that again, because some of them say, some of them think, well, I don't know if I'm a member or not. Well, if you're not joined, you're not a member. But what does it mean to you to be a member of this local church 
that God has planted, that God has ordained, and God has called you to be here. What does it mean to you? Amen. I think each and every one of us should have an answer to that. I think we should know why we're sitting here today. Amen. Paul calls the saints together. He wants them. He says, uh, he gives them in verse 3, grace and peace. He extends the greeting saying, grace to you and peace from God our, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace are inseparable gifts that God gives each and every one of his children. It is essential for church growth. Without grace and without peace, the church cannot grow. Amen. The grace of God empowers us to live a victorious life. From bondage of sin, the things of the world, grace uh, uh, that we find uh, in unity and peace within the body of Christ, fostering an environment of conductive to grow in the church today. This is grace to be in you and peace from our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a call that goes out to the saints of God. Come together, assemble together. And when you come together and you assemble together, there must be peace and grace among each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. Then he says, enrich in every way. Paul expresses the gratitude to God for the Corinthian church in verse 4. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. The apostle acknowledges the various gifts that uh, the blessings that has been stowed upon each member of the Corinthian church. It's the same in our church today. We are enriched in every way. Everyone, every one of us here brings something to the table. Amen. There ain't no big eyes and little U's. Or there ain't somebody bigger and better. There, every one of us has something that we can offer to this church, to this assembly. And each and every one of us has got gifts and talents that we should be giving and showing in the church today. Amen. Y'all get, get, get happy. Get happy. Don't get happy. I'll preach longer. And, and, and what it does, it edifies the body of Christ. Amen. Bible says, and get this, I want you to get this. The Bible says, if you love not the brethren, the love of God is not in you. Get a hold of that. Get a hold of that. If you love not the brethren, the love of God mm, is not in you. I, I tell you, there are people sitting in church call themselves Christians that I love everybody, but yet they're hating people. They don't like somebody. Well, I don't like the way he dressed. I don't like the way he looks. I don't like what she does. I don't like what they do. And let me just say this. It is not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. And when you get your eyes off of everybody else in church and get them fastened on him, you won't worry about what somebody's doing in church. You won't worry about what somebody's saying in church because you're looking to him. Amen. Amen. If you love not the brethren, the love of Christ is not in you. In order to, <laughs> in order to be a faithful member of any church, 
you must have love. There must be love. Now, I, I would say this, and don't, don't take me literally. I can love you and hate you at the same time. But I'm telling you, that can only go for so long. That can only go for so You can only cover it up for so long because if you got any distillment, any hatred, any, the, any animosity towards somebody, sooner or later it's going to pop out. And it causes problems in the church. The church can't grow when you're like that. You can't bond together when you're like that. And, and I'm not saying that we're not going to have problems we're not going to do everything to satisfy everybody at all times. I found that a long time ago. I'm not going to do everything to satisfy everybody because I can't. And neither can you. The church can't. Because you wanted this. I want blue books. I want red books. I want blue carpet. I want red carpet. I want to get out by 12 o'clock. It don't work that way. Amen. But we know that when we come together. When we sit in the pews, we are one body, yep. one mind, with one Christ. Yep. It's not about what I think that we should do. It's not what you think we should do. But it's what Christ has commanded us to do. And he's already commanded us to do that. When, if they love not the brethren, the love of God is not in you. you Got to love them. Got to love everybody. And I suggest tonight, if you got any hate towards any me in here, then you just need to get rid of it right quick. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. He, he calls the saints. He, he says, and when you come together, there must be grace and peace. Then it will enrich in every way. Everybody brings something to the table. Everybody's got a gift. We got VBS coming up, and, and we're looking for volunteers, and you need to step up. So you know what? I can't do a lot, but look what, what I can do, I'll do it for you. I can't do a lot. But I'm going to be here giving everything I got to help to make sure that it is run smoothly. Making sure that the kids have a wonderful time and I can go home and cry until they come back the next day. But I'm going to give everything that I got and I, I'm just telling you, we need to step up and bring something to the table. You've got something that you can bring to the house of God. And that's what he's telling them. You all got gifts. You all got talent. I find that we, we hide our talents a lot. We hide our gifts a lot. He says, hey, we're enriched. Then he says, the testimony of Christ in verse 6 reminds us of the power of Christ's testimony, stating, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed among you, the church grows as the gospel is proclaimed and embraced, embraced by a transformative work of God in your life and as witness to other believers. We must boldly proclaim salvation to those that are lost and undone, sharing our personal testimonies, what God has done to us, revealing the power of Christ in our lives. And he's changed our lives. It is through the testimony that hearts are touched and individuals are drawn together for the fellowship of the church. 
When you start telling somebody what God has done for you in your life, you start witnessing to other people and telling what God has done for you, they want to get inside that. They want to know how that works. They want to know why did God change you. And they, you, you start testifying to them and they come to church and God touches them. That's how the church grows because we went out and proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ to this lost and dying world. But I find that a lot of times we don't want to say anything about what God has done for us in our life today. And, I, and don't, don't get mad at me, but I find if you don't want to tell somebody what God has done for you in your life, I'm just assuming God has not done anything for you in your life. I told you this morning, when you get saved, when you, when you get an Abigail and you get that light in you, you want to share that with other people. And that's what the gospel is, to share the gospel. You've got to proclaim the gospel, inviting those in, because when you start telling people what God has brought you out of the ditch where God has transformed your life, you're no longer a drunkard, you're no longer a dope addict, God has transformed your life, they may need the same thing that you went through. That's what it says. It's your testimony that helps the church to grow. Then it's the sustaining power of God. Paul reassures the Corinthians in verse 8 saying, He will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. It reminds us that God will sustain the church in times of difficulty, in times of persecution, even in internal strife. God will sustain the church. God's power that preserves us, keeps us, our reliance on Him, both individually and collectively as a church, ensures the church to grow and its ability to stand in the face of challenges in this world that we live in today. It's important. As, as Brother Jesse preached on Sunday morning, all in. It's important you, you say, I'm all in. I'm in, I'm in this to the end. I'm going to hold on to the end. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. But it's important for each and every one of us to say, I am a member of this church that I'm all in, regardless of what happens. Regardless of what I'm going through. Regardless of what I face. Regardless of what I feel. Because remember, we don't go on feelings. It's Christ. He's always told us how we're supposed to feel. We shouldn't have to be looking for a feeling in the church. Amen. You already know. God has already told us that. So, in order for us to grow as a church that we should grow. Now, and don't get me wrong. I've seen churches grow by leaps and bounds. But they're growing in the wrong way. And they're just growing because they want to add people. I love to see the church grow, but I want the church to grow in the right direction with the right mindset and God adding, not me going out and adding. The Bible says God gives the increase, not me. If God gives the increase, how can you fall? Amen. So it's important that you understand that it takes each and every one of us pulling together, not pulling in opposite directions to be church. Amen. You think we're pulling in opposite directions? 
this side over here pulling against this side over here. This side over here saying, I don't like that side over here. It happens in churches. It happens in churches. I know three churches I know of right now are going through internal struggles trying to hold it together because some people just can't get along. Amen? I don't want that to happen in this church. I don't want it to happen. So I asked you the question, what, what is it to 